Hey, and welcome to this episode of Barbecue and Baking. I'm glad you joined us today as we talk about camping. In this episode, we'll talk all about camping, whether it's barbecue baking or doing it on a budget. We're going to talk all about it today. So we just got back from a long weekend of camping on the St. Lawrence Seaway. We were there for three days with three of our children and our daughter's boyfriend. The campsite that we stayed at was part of the parks of the St. Lawrence and we were on Mill Rush Island on the Long Sioux Parkway. If you're not sure what the St. Lawrence Seaway is, it's a river that runs from Lake Ontario through to the Gulf of the St. Lawrence and is a major waterway for cargo ships traveling to the Great Lakes. It runs between Ontario and New York State and through the province of Quebec. It's a beautiful area that has campgrounds and parks on both sides of the river. Now camping is something that we love to do and one of our favorite parts of camping is cooking over the open fire. Who can resist that? There are so many things that you can cook when you're camping and open fire cooking is one of our favorites because you can cook just about anything on there. If you're going to be doing open fire cooking, we do suggest that you invest in a good cast iron frying pan. A well-seasoned cast iron frying pan can withstand the heat of the fire, of the flames, and it's just amazing for cooking everything from bacon and eggs to burgers to steaks. So we do suggest uh, for camping that you do invest in a good cast iron frying pan. Now, some campgrounds, uh, such as the ones we go to in Gatineau Park, have grates over the fire pits. The ones in Gatineau go up and down so you can cook closer to the fire or away from the fire. The ones in the Ontario Park, such as the one that we were at at Bonashir, they don't move. They're just grates. They just sit there. If you're going to cook on them, I suggest bringing cleaner with you to cook on them because who knows what other campers have used them for. And I don't think they're cooked clean very well by the staff there. But this time when we went to the St. Lawrence, they don't have any grates on the campfires at all. So we found a Coleman grate that goes over the campfire and it withstood the flames of the campfire really, really well. So I do recommend that Coleman grate. You can find it in our Amazon shop online on our Amazon page. This grate was perfect for putting the cast iron pan on. And it was also good for cooking the burgers straight on the grill. We did some steaks on there as well. When camping, there are a few things to take into consideration, especially if you're bringing a lot of food. You don't want to have spoiled food, so you need to know how to store things properly. You don't want your meat going bad because the last thing you need is food poisoning. To keep your cooler cold for the entire camping trip, you're going to need a lot of ice. And that can get expensive if you're there for a few days or up to a week. Buying ice can become costly over time, especially if you're there for a a week or two. Our first two days at camp, we don't buy ice at all because we have a trick that we use to keeping our cooler cold for a few days without having to purchase any ice. So what we do is we purchase a 24 pack of water, the bottled water we usually get for $2 for a case of 24. 
We freeze the case of water a couple of days before going camping. That way we have frozen ice that we lay on the bottom of the cooler. Then on top of the bottles of frozen ice, we put cooling racks, just like the cooling racks that you would use for baking, for cooling your cookies and cakes and pies and all the other baking stuff that you do. One of those on top of the water bottles, it helps to separate the ice from the rest of the food. So all the water will stay under that cooling rack. So as ice melts, if you're adding other ice like ice cubes or a block of ice, the water will stay on the bottom of the cooler and the food won't be soaked with the, yeah, the water that's melted down in the bottom of the cooler. So on top of those cooling racks, we put our meat. Uh, meat we store inside where we make containers that we keep closed, tightly sealed container on top of the cooling racks. We stack those there. That way, if any of the blood from the meat or any of the juices do tend to come out of the freezer bags, they're going into the Rubbermaid container and not into the water in the bottom of the cooler. And that way you're not contaminating everything as well. And those water bottles that you've put underneath won't get contaminated with the blood from the meat. Then over the containers of meat, we put another cooling rack to keep everything separate. And that's where we put our other perishables, such as our eggs and fresh fruits and vegetables. We put our cheese slices and anything that could fall between the cracks of the, or the, the openings, sorry, of the cooling racks. That's where we put the cheese and things like that. Also in a small rubber made container. And that rubber made container will sit on top of the, uh, the cooler as well. That way the cheese doesn't get soggy or wet while it's in the cooler. Anything that you want to put in the cooler that could get wet that you don't want to get wet, small Rubbermaid containers are a good choice for those as well. Now the first night of camping has become tradition for us to cook burgers. I make the patties ahead of time uh, between waxed paper and they're ready to go in a Rubbermaid container. We put that container in a plastic bag on top of the cooler so that when we get there, it is all set to go. And after a day of setting up camp, setting up your tents, your screen house, just getting everything ready for camp and unpacking everything, you don't want to be cooking a big meal on your first night of camping. So burgers has been our tradition. Uh, that way we have everything ready. They're quick to cook and they're on the top of the cooler. If you want to learn more about how to make the perfect burgers, you can find that on our website. We do have a blog post there on how we make our burgers and store them between waxed paper. They're perfectly sized and easy to cook on the campfire. So this time when we went camping was the first time that we did steak and potatoes. The new grate that I talked about earlier, the Coleman grate for over the campfire, it was such a great investment. We could cook our steak right on that grate. And the potatoes, we poked some holes in those, added a little bit of butter into a foil and wrapped them up, sat them around the edge of the fire, right into the campfire around the rocks. And they were cooking. It was a great way to make an amazing dinner. So that was our second night at camp. We did the steak and potatoes and corn on the cob. The corn on the cob roasted right on that grill as well, on top of the fire. 
So if you're looking for a way to make steak and potatoes, one of those camp grills is an amazing way. We also brought some charcoal with us because we didn't know what the wood was going to be like when we were camping, what kind of wood it was. You don't want to use certain types of wood for cooking food because you will get the taste. So we did put some coals or charcoal down inside the campfire and that's what we cooked on was our charcoal. So dinners on the campfire are usually something that's quick because we don't want to take a lot of time making dinners. Actually, our meals when we're camping, we don't want to spend a lot of time on them because there's so much to do when you're camping. Whether you're going to the beach, you're going on trails, canoeing, uh, the campgrounds that we've gone to all have paddle boats, canoe rentals, paddleboard rentals. There's always a beach. So there's always something to do and we keep busy all day long. The last thing we need is to come home and have, or come back to camp, sorry, and have to cook a big meal. So we keep it simple. The steak and potatoes wasn't anything extravagant, but it did take a little bit longer than the other meals. The third night that we were there, one meal that we came across that was really easy to make was what we call meat on a stick. It's basically pork and chicken and they're on skewers, just cubes of meat, cut small, easy to cook, cook them over the campfire and they were amazing. We uh, did corn on the cob with that as well. So that was our dinners. Uh, lunches are usually something that is quick and easy to make. Lunches will do sandwiches. Sometimes we do grilled cheese sandwiches or tuna melts uh, right over the campfire. So on the grate or in the cast iron frying pan. But most of the time we just make sandwiches because we're on the go and we take sandwiches with us uh, to the beach or on the trail so we have something to eat while we're going. Now breakfast. Breakfast is the biggest meal that we make. That cast iron frying pan comes in really handy for breakfast. Doing the bacon, eggs, and we like to do a cornbread, or sorry, corned beef hash. Our corned beef hash starts with a can of corned beef that we chop up. We do canned potatoes. We get the sliced canned potatoes. We grill those in some butter in the frying pan first. Add the corned beef, uh, diced jalapeno or some peppers and onions if you bring those. Um, do some little holes in the potatoes as they're cooking, put the egg in, fry the egg right in with the potatoes, serve that with some toast, eat side of bacon, pour some SPG on top. If you're not sure what SPG is, salt, pepper, and garlic, a barbecuer's favorite seasoning. So many barbecuers just use that as seasoning for everything from brisket to steak and burgers so some a mixture of spg on top and you have a great breakfast the kids like pancakes when we go and it's really difficult to bring pancake mix or all the ingredients to make pancakes so when it comes to pancakes i make the batter before we go and store it either in a mason jar or a squeeze bottle so they're ready to go into the frying pan keep that in the cooler and you have pancake mix for the week 
Now, speaking of mason jars, mason jars are really good for camping. You don't want to bring a lot of glass, but we use the mason jars for bringing dairy in. So I can't get up in the morning without having a coffee, which I bring my pour over coffee filter with me and I make my coffee at camp, but I need cream in my coffee. Can't drink it without the cartons that the creamer comes in get soggy and soft inside the cooler if it gets wet. So I like to put the cream in a mason jar the day before we leave, put the mason jar in the fridge so the glass actually gets cold and that will help also to keep the cooler cold. And the, um, the cream will last a week in those mason jars. They're tightly sealed. They won't spill all over like a carton will, and they won't get soggy either. The same goes for milk. If your kids are cereal eaters and you need to bring milk for their cereal, a mason jar is really great for that. And we also mix juice and adult drinks in those. I did some Malibu orange juice and pineapple juice mixed together in mason jar. I used a two liter mason jar, a really big one. That way my drinks were mixed and they were labeled so that everyone knew what was in the mason jar. And that way I didn't have to bring the juice, the Malibu rum, and all different bottles. It was already mixed and ready to go, poured in my glass, and I was ready to go when I wanted a drink by the campfire. Now snacks. Can't go camping without snacks, or at least that's what my kids say. So with teenagers, of course, snacks are a huge part of camping. They love to make s'mores. One of the ways that we like to make s'mores, it's easier than bringing chocolate bars and the graham crackers and the marshmallows all separately. We do bring the marshmallows. We bring the large marshmallows and metal skewers with wooden handles that we use instead of sticks when we're camping for cooking the marshmallows over the fire. But I buy shortbread cookies that are chocolate coated on the bottom with the stripes. You may have seen them in the store. They used to be called parade cookies. Um, they are perfect because the cookie already has the chocolate on them. You can get some that are graham cracker as well. They're graham cracker cookies dipped in chocolate. The kids love to make s'mores out of these because the chocolate is already there and they just put them together. They also use chocolate chip cookies. So I make a big batch of chocolate chip cookies or my Reese's Pieces cookies and they use those for their s'mores. They toast the marshmallow between two cookies and they're ready to go. They love doing it that way because it is easier and they find it has more flavor to it. Now, another snack that the kids really love is our barbecue queso. I prep everything before we go. So I cut up um, the Velveeta, the cream cheese, the cheddar, everything into small cubes, put it in an aluminum pan that can withstand the fire. And we take it with us to the campsite. When we get there, it's just a matter of putting it on the campfire. The salsa can be added later. It melts right over the fire, stirring it, and then they have queso dip that they can dip their Tostitos, they dip their baby carrots, peppers, 
anything that they have, they just dip in this cheese. We also used it on the baked potatoes, uh, poured it right over the baked potatoes that we had roasted on the campfire. So the barbecue queso, you can find our recipe online at on our website at barbecueandbaking.ca. And baking is something that you can still do when you're camping. We have done it. We have made cinnamon buns and breadsticks. Those are really easy to make. Um, you put your cinnamon buns on the end of one of those skewers or on a stick and roast them over the campfire, turning them similar to the way that you would do a marshmallow. And you can cook your cinnamon buns that way. You can do breadsticks, weaving it onto the skewer and holding it over the campfire again, turning it and uh, making sure that it gets cooked on all sides. Now, when it comes to the cost of camping, startup is usually your most expensive time. If you have nothing to start and you can't borrow anything, um, it can become expensive. We tend to do most of our shopping for camping at the end of the season. We've bought our tent, our screen house, air mattresses, all off season. Air mattresses are something that I don't find come on sale very often, but we do find them at Christmas time for some reason. We have found really good air mattresses just before Christmas, I guess. They put them on sale at that time because people have company coming and that's when they put them on sale for extra space for those who are visiting. So that's when we got our air mattress. Tents and other things for camping, we got off season at the end of the season, August into September. And a lot of the stuff that we use we just take from home. So our, I take a pot from home. I take our cast iron um, Dutch oven with us. Things that I use at home, I can use camping as well. For coffee, I use a Melita pour over filter. It's um, one of my favorite things to use for coffee. It makes a really good cup of coffee. You can find that in our Amazon shop as well. Anything that we use for camping is basically in our Amazon page. And you can find the link of that on our homepage. Even the food that we take, we tend to look at the flyers leading up to the time of us going camping and finding what's on sale. You can marinate a good piece of beef or any type of steak and make it taste good over the campfire or cooking it in a cast iron pan over a butane camp stove, like our Coleman butane camp stove. It was a $20 camp stove that um, we use for everything from boiling water to cooking if we if it's raining out it's good to have a butane stove because the campfire might be too hard to get lit on a rainy day and trust me we've had some campouts where we have gotten over 100 millimeters of rain in one night while we were sleeping and we had to leave the campground because we were washed out so having the butane stove as a backup is a really good alternative you can get those for $20 at Costco and for under $20, you get four cans of butane at Walmart. And those last us the summer. I even use that butane stove uh, to boil or cook 
pasta when I'm out barbecuing, making macaroni salad or anything. So the butane stove, it was a good investment for $20 because it um, can be used even at home. Don't use it in the house, but you can use it at home out in the backyard. Another way of saving money when you're camping, this time of year and during the camping season, there are a lot of farmers markets everywhere so almost every small town either has a local farmers market or farmers are selling uh, fruits and vegetables in stands on the side of the road have a look at the area that you're going camping in to see if it's something that is available in that area because you can really save money this year was corn on the cob all the way down to the st lawrence we saw farmers who were selling corn on the cob at their stands on the uh, side of the road they were selling beans and all kinds of tomatoes and anything from their gardens they even had local honey being sold at a lot of these stands and the same goes for firewood firewood at the campgrounds was eleven dollars and fifty cents for a bag of wood they don't like you bringing wood from other areas because of diseases and bugs that can travel from area to area but if you watch on the side of the road leading up to the campgrounds, we see it at Sandbanks and a lot of the provincial parks. The local people will have wood out for sale. It's from the same area as the campground you're going to, so you can bring it into the campground. They're selling it for $5 as opposed to $11.50. So it's a good savings to look around on uh, the sides of the highways on the way there. We brought our own kindling with us because it's not a wood that would have contained any bugs. What we did was it was an old pallet that we had uh, lying around. We broke it up into smaller pieces. The boys had a blast taking the hammer and smashing this pallet up and uh, bundling it up for us. And that's what we used for kindling. You could we actually got that pallet on the side of the road in an industrial area here close to home and uh, brought it with us and that actually cost us nothing because the pallet was on the side of the road for pickup for garbage. That was one way that we saved on camping because you can't really go camping without a campfire and you need wood for that. So that was our way of saving money on camping this year. The wood really saved us a lot of money by buying it outside the campgrounds as well as bringing that pallet with us broken down for kindling. One thing I got to mention about camping is the grounds that we went to gave us free passes to Upper Canada Village or Fort Henry. If you haven't been to one of those places, they are absolutely amazing. They're a lot of fun because they take you back in time. Back to the 1800s, you get to walk through a village that is showing you how you baked and cooked back then. I've never seen so much cast iron in one spot as I did walking through the village and looking every house uh, by the fire had three to four cast iron pots or pans. Also, it was really interesting to see the tinsmith who was making all the baking pans from loaf pans, bunt pans, cookie cutters and biscuit cutters. Everything was made by hand back then. And we watched how the grains were flour, or, sorry, milled into flour. 
So it was interesting. Uh, if you're not aware of Upper Canada Village, there is one in the States that they were talking about. And someone has mentioned to me in Massachusetts, they have Sturbridge Village, which is very similar, um, an 1800s village. It's very interesting. So things like that, that are low cost or the campground gave us free passes. So we went and it was something to do while we were camping. Uh, we spent an afternoon there. So um, that is something to look around at the campgrounds that you're going to, to see what you can do at low cost or free, uh, whether it be trails, an attraction, a state fair, um, a local fair, anything like that, because if you're going to be there for a while, you may get bored of just sitting on the beach. I could never, I could probably sit on the beach and read a book all day. But if you have kids, you're going to want to have, find something to do. So have a look in the area and see what can be done for free or low cost. Uh, parks of the St. Lawrence have many attractions that are low cost and free. So um, I'm sure there's some in all areas of where you can go. So bottom line is camping doesn't have to be expensive and it is a lot of fun. I'll be writing a blog post in the next couple of weeks that you will find on our website at barbecueandbaking.ca. That's B-B-Q-A-N-D-B-A-K-I-N-G dot C-A. I'll be including links to things that I've mentioned in this podcast today as well. So uh, check it out and thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any comments, we'd love to hear them. And we'll be back next week with a whole new episode. Goodbye for now.